have to think about these worst case scenarios or even the less favorable scenarios that don't involve you going on shopping trips and getting a ton of money. And you have to be okay, or at least be aware of the potential consequences and kind of prepare for them because of this world that we live in. Welcome, my humble whore, to the Slutrepreneur podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Leanna. I am the creator and host of A Humble Whore. And actually, Anna and I just finished up a really great episode um, talking about like her life and like kind of advice and you know feeling like what you're doing enough is enough for now. And OnlyFans, like we covered so many topics, but at this one, we're shifting a little bit, so I'm super excited to talk more. Yeah, if you want to hear me talk about um, what kind of porn I like, uh, what did we talk about? Tentacle porn, all sorts of fun stuff. So, <laughs> but, Yes, so I'm really excited because you kind of mentioned when we first chatted that you're kind of like the basic bitch version of sexuality and kind of your audience really isn't on the far end spectrum of crazy weird sex stuff but just a lot more normalized which I think is really important to talk about yeah I think that my sexual experiences although I've had a lot of cool stories um the quality of the sex has not been anywhere to near I want it like I never really took pleasure seriously so I like my stories but I like to kind of bring in like important information that I wish I knew when I was younger um, considering I've been sexually active since I was in my mid-teens. So that's you know, almost a decade now of dicks. Um, and most recently, you know, pussies, I am queer. But when I mean we, I mean like me, um, look as sex as to more of like a validation. Like every time you do it, like, okay, he still likes me. Or, okay, I'm still uh, important in this relationship. So if anyone, I mean, I don't know if you can agree, but what would you tell to anyone listening who kind of feels that way? With sex, um, I think a lot of the repairs that I had to sex life really started with myself. And first of all, like masturbating is a huge thing. Like getting to know what your pussy looks like is huge because I didn't know. And like for me, I have longer lips and like longer labias than, you know, the pussies that you see in porn. And so I felt so much shame and that really affected how I had sex from the very moment I started flirting with a girl. Like, obviously, being in bed with him, you know, I just avoided him looking down there. I was super nervous if any of the guys, which not many, ate out. But if they were to, like, suck on one of my lips, I was just mortified because I was like, they probably think it's a joke. Like, whatever the case is. So really becoming comfy with yourself is the number one thing. And then also finding what works for you, what different, if you're more into the passion or if you want a quick like bang out session and then also figuring out at what points you want that and when is it kind of works best in your life that's very interesting to me about like 
do you have have you heard of big pussy energy kind of like big dick energy like I feel like once you work your way up to that confidence of yes I have more I have a little extra pillow around my pussy to give your dick that extra comfort like that's all I see it as like extra skin to hug a cock even tighter and like it's literally like flesh like I it blows my mind how we as humans like hyper analyze the way our skin is because if you look at like your dog like it's not worried about like the size of its ear how long its tail is like it's just fucking made up fuckery and how do you teach someone because they don't teach you in school how to fucking love yourself but if if we were to analyze guys cocks like first of all on my only fans I do dick ratings but I'm like, oh my God, like no cock looks the same. And first of all, I have yet to see the perfect cock. Some are like discolored. Some are like wiggly shaped. Some have a giant head. Some have like extremely pronounced veins. And I appreciate them all because being different is what makes us unique. But I just wonder like, what if they thought about their dicks as much as we thought about our pussies like is that a thing well even their balls like they're dead two dead baby birds like i the dicks i think are great to look at yeah you have but let's look at the balls like there's a reason why women ignore them so much and it's because it literally looks like two dead baby birds in a sack and they expect you to suck them and love them when they've been sitting in their pants all day and like my boyfriend, he'll start sweating for no reason. We'll just be sitting on the bed and all of a sudden he's just sweating. So imagine on a 24 hour scale and then he's like, yeah, you want to put it in your mouth? Like, fuck no. <laughs> yeah. My, my partner and I, we love to shave each other in the shower. Like there's something that turns me on about me, like just bending over and spreading my cheeks and have him just like get all up in there. Cause you know how hard it is to shave there. So it's like a ritual we do, like we shower, we shave, and then we like eat ass in the shower. And it's just so delicious and yummy. And I know that's probably not for everyone, but I love like clean, shaven, fresh, wet balls in my mouth. Like his balls just like fill up my mouth like a fucking squirrel. To me, like balls are the foreplay for the dick. My goal has been to kind of get towards the gold, which is where the asshole is and everything. And <laughs> I, I've said it so many times and he's so sick of it, but we're going to get there. I just have to have enough guys tell him that it's worth it. I think guys obviously need more ass confidence. I mean, you, they don't have to have it, but they, it's like the forbidden fruit. And if they only knew how much pleasure is down there And I think I read an article in Cosmo when I was like 16 talking about the skin between the balls and the asshole. And they were like, huh? The gooch? (laughs) I thought it was called the pee spot. Ah. The gooch. I like the gooch. So it's telling you like, okay, if, if you're trying to work your way to the butt, like focus on the gooch. So like lick your thumb and like, just press on that pressure point because it feels kind of like a muscle, like kind of like your palm. So just like press on it, like while you're sucking his balls, like just get right below his balls. And he might freak out. He might be like, oh my God, you're too close to my ass. But just reassure him, like, it's okay, baby. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just right here. Like, it's okay. 
<laughs> and consent is important, obviously, but maybe like you spit on his balls a little bit. Maybe the drool just like slides in his asshole a little bit. And then maybe your thumb just like sneaks down to the butthole. No one's tried that or like, like a rubbing motion. And I even put like a vibrator in that area. And for him, it didn't really do much, which maybe that's him. But so now I'm trying to ramp it up to like, okay, you know why it doesn't work? It's because it's not your asshole. So like fucking open it up. Like, let's go. And you know, he doesn't like the vibration down there either. Cause I like to Hitachi myself with my vibrator while we have sex. And it's a little like too much, um, like drilling. Yeah. Too, <laughs> too much drilling happening. But once we got past like the Gooch thing, now it's just like a staple during sex. <laughs> Oh, that got me really excited. <laughs> but I'm curious. So, of course, you've been in, you know, a long-term partnership and you asked me kind of about my sex life. So as this coming up to being the longest relationship I've had, um, I think surpassing, if it, if it passes two years or when it passes two years, it'll be the longest relationship I've had. And I think a fear of a lot of people is how do you keep the sex life going? What ebbs and flows do you have with it? Well, I think that once you hit a year, you finally start to date the person who they really are. So really, when you reach a year, it's like you just started dating. So then you have to move in with that person and then you meet who they really, really are. (laughs) So then experience another year. And then that's when the relationship turns into work. It's no longer easy. And I think when you meet someone, if it feels really easy, that's a great sign. But just like when you have a friendship or a relationship with your parents or a sibling, it's not easy. It's so you can get so quick to anger with someone you love because they mean so much to you. Like even like my mom or my dad, like I could just get irritated with them at the at the quick of a hat. Yeah, Yeah. at the drop of a hat. (laughs) And uh you, when you, that happens with your partner, you're like, oh my God, we're going to break up that like, we're not meant to be, but you have to realize like love and hate are almost such a similar emotion. So once you get past that, you meet this person, you get past the two year mask and then you're living with them. And then it's like, okay, honestly, being in a partnership is like having a roommate because you're living with them. So ultimately you want someone that you love living with the best. And once you found someone that you really enjoy living with and you have this like great uh, like routine together, the sex is then just a plus. And people think sex is the relationship. So when you said like you have it every day, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it, I just, me being like a mom, I'm like, I don't want your relationship to become solely around the sex because ultimately it's how well you live together. It's how well you support each other. It's how well you communicate. And again, the sex is just a plus. So we've gone, there was probably a time where we didn't have sex for a month. And that was probably because my, I was so stressed with business and I couldn't, there was no way I could come. Like I could make him come, but I was like, I can't, I'm not in the mood. I'm so focused on my business. So once I finally got my business out of the house and I could breathe in my own house, now we're having like really great sex again. But from that whole kind of synopsis, the key thing is that he supported me during 
all these years. And that's what truly attracts me to him is when he brings me coffee in the morning, when he goes to the warehouse to pick, pick up a product I need. It's, it's not his cock. It's not his gooch or his asshole. It's someone being your best friend and just willing to like protect you and fight for you. Okay. I want to stop there. I'm like ranting. No, I like that. And I think the biggest, what I'm breaking down in my twenties or, you know, currently, you know, as you know, with time and as you grow older, the partnerships that you have, whether with friends or with, you know, romantic partners, they mean so much more. And you obviously want them to last. Like you are more confident in yourself. So knowing when or like trying to figure out how to make it last in the best way possible is where I'm trying to figure it out. And also what's meant to be versus, you know, what's really not to what's not. And my biggest thing with marriage is also breaking down everything that society shows you with, you know, the wedding and the love, like it really pushes the passion side of your mind. But then you really, no one tells you how marriage is. No one tells you how relationships are and what to, what is just you guys being humans and working out or when to stop. That's a big thing that I see women having issues with is when to stop when something is unhealthy and it's not worth, uh, you know, pushing past in a sense. And those are the things that are super important for especially women, I believe, and also queer people, because we go through so much and we go through so many hardships and things that I feel like a lot of men don't have to go through that we need to figure out for ourselves and really be confident. So we know, you know, how to make the best life for ourselves and our, you know, potential partner. Yeah. Just like you said, the expectations were expected to meet someone or here's the funny thing. Spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. But you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Viahemp. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Viahemp's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. Battling stress and anxiety? Don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Via has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies, infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC, these gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Via offers an array of other gummies, with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs. Whether you prefer a subtle 2mg dose or a bolder 50mg kick, Via has your back. From improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery, there's a gummy for every occasion. And the cherry on top? You can easily browse and shop their collection online, categorized by strength and effect. And here's the best part, darling. Via ships discreetly to all 50 states, right to your doorstep. No medical card needed. So go ahead, indulge in a little self-care spree with Via Hemp, because you deserve nothing but the best goddess. Head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp 
V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code goddess at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Now back to the show. It's like you grow up in the family and your dad's like, you can't date, you can't dress provocatively. But the second you go to college, they want you to have a man. They want you to have kids. They all of a sudden want your belly to be brewing up kids and popping them out for for them. And the relationship I'm in is the complete opposite. My business, my dogs, those are my children. No one can tell me otherwise. Um as far as marriage goes, like I have a ring on my finger and that's kind of like a big fuck you to everyone in public who tries to approach me. But at the end of the day, like what's a ceremony going to do? All it's going to do is tie us together on a piece of paper. And if God forbid anything were to happen, it's going to make it a whole lot more complicated, which stresses me the fuck out. And both of us coming from divorced parents, all I see when it comes to marriage is trauma. Like this, if we were to get married, all of a sudden my shift is going to be, okay, when's he going to leave me? When's he going to cheat on me? Because that's what my dad did. You know, that's what his dad did. So I understand that he understands that. And he's like, you know what? I love you. We don't have to sign this paper. If it makes you, if it brings up like post-traumatic stress. And it's funny because you, you guys come from divorced families, but we come from surprisingly both uh, families who are okay. stay together. Well, not necessarily. And that's, that's yeah. the point that my parents have had a great relationship. Like I can't think of a time I've ever seen them argue. And it was a great companionship. They're both um, teachers and they really have so much patience with them. So I was very fortunate and I thought everybody was kind of like that. Um, however, his parents, they're married, but it's a different dynamic. You know, they were, they met so young and like they've been there for so long. It's kind of, that dynamic in a sense. And so marriage doesn't always equate to happiness. So I am totally an advocate of, you know, not getting married, civil unions, and also divorce because that, you know, you have to have your threshold. And if it comes to that breaking point, nobody should stay in things that are detrimental to their health in a sense. And that's something I see on TikTok a lot of people commenting that they want to start an OnlyFans, but they don't want to tell their partner about it or they're scared what their partner would think. So how do you feel? Like, how would you respond to that? I remember us talking about this point. You're like, I want to hear what, like, how it is with like your boyfriend and him supporting you. So I was super lucky with the fact that I've always been um, upfront with who I am from when we very, from when we first met. So I just started entering into the queer uh, community. I had had my first encounter with like a female, um, well, you know, a first like relationship partnership with a female. And I was also really exploring my sexuality at that point. And so he was surprisingly really chill for everything that I've thrown at him this past year and a half. And with the podcast, um, He has been completely supportive and we talked about it briefly about where does that support come from? Where does that, why is he so at peace with himself? Because if the roles were reversed and, you know, he was talking about all the pussies he slammed and all the time (laughs) he didn't use a condom, you know, those, that would not last. That would not fly with me. Same. I think he's had his, well, he's had his time to mature. He's had his time 
with women and he's very confident in what we have, but also there's never been any trust issues. So I think having a good foundation and always being open about who you are is really where it comes down to. Um, Cause he's like, I've never felt threatened with any other male. Like even when my ex would continuously like message me throughout um, a period of time, there was never a time where he put me down for it or yelled at me or even said, you know, why are you doing that? Like that makes you look kind of sketchy. You know, he let my time make my decisions as an adult. And that takes a lot of patience and understanding, which is more than I have for sure. So I couldn't have done this without, without his support. And you always need to tell your partner because I've seen people not tell their partners. And that's just a, that's like opening the first door to ending things. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And I think you couldn't have said it best about support, but I think it stems from having boundaries because in any relationship we have deal breakers, we have boundaries for our emotions. And the only way you can, can two people can come together and maybe one of those people in the relationship wants to branch out is if you communicate about those boundaries. So whether it's like you communicating like, yes, I want to experiment with women and him communicating like, okay, I support that. But after you have that conversation, you have to ask him, well, what are your boundaries for about that? Do I need to have you, um, what's it called? Like interview the women I want to talk to. Do you want to know about our experiences? Do you want to be a part of it? I think that's completely huge, which on a few of my other episodes, my partner and I talk about our experiences with that, but sexually that's completely different than what it is like with business because my only fans is a business. So Mm -hmm. when I approached him about it, I said, Hey, you supported me when I did webcamming. There's this new thing called OnlyFans. I think I would excel the fuck out of it. So here's the thing. This is what I want to post. These are my boundaries with it. And my boundaries just quickly were like, I didn't want to do anything face-to-face how I did with webcamming because you kind of did like live shows there. Um, And I said like, I don't want to create content with anyone, but I do want to show my body because he knows like I get off by people seeing my body because I feel really good about it. Um, So he responded and was like, I think that's a great idea. I think there's a lot of things we want to do to our house. So this would be a great way to like make that money, honey. Yes. And and then he proceeded to say, like, I don't feel comfortable making content with you. I don't want my dick on the Internet. So things like that happen and you have to embrace them because it helps you set those boundaries. So that's really the entirety of my experience having a supportive partner doing that you have to set a balance like is that money worth the emotional distress um does he get turned on that thousands of people are turned on by me maybe does he get turned on when I come downstairs after masturbating in a cute outfit and I have warmed myself and fluffed myself up for him probably and those are those are just kind of the the hurdles in the room that we've faced, but they're completely different for everybody. So my question to you is if you were to be on OnlyFans, what kind of conversation would you have with your man being more of a humble whore? And what would you kind of see happening if that were to be your experience? 
Um, I brought up OnlyFans to him at some point, but I was more on the fence of it for my own personal reasons of like, okay, well, I do have a job in the professional world and all my bosses or like the entire team is like 40 year old men, you know? So would I love them to even stumble across this, across this, upon this podcast? No. Would I love for them to see even my Instagram? No, because yeah, we're living in a society where showing skin is seen as unprofessional. Um, so I've thought about those things. And then I started to think about if I wanted to create an OnlyFans, what type of content, because you and I both have tattoos. A lot of the people that I talk to who don't have any experience in any type of showing their bodies, they're like, well, your tattoos will, you know, give you away. Well, I've come to the, you know, I've come to face the fact that no shit, like I got them to be unique. Um, so just trying to figure out the worst case scenarios because I have done the sugar daddy thing. My roommate and I both did it and she actually had a very negative experience with that. And so you really do like they happen. You have to think about these worst case scenarios or even the less favorable scenarios that don't involve you going on shopping trips and getting a ton of money and you have to be okay or at least be aware of the potential consequences and kind of prepare for them because of this world that we live in. So OnlyFans, I'm not quite there yet. Like, I think I thought about, you know, maybe showing off my body, not the inside yet. Maybe like no clitoral things or not showing my lips, any type of innards there. But provocative is like underwear, even feet. Because, yes, there are a ton of fetishes uh, for anything. I'm sure you could even find women who just show their faces. That's a really good point about the bikini stuff. And from my boyfriend's point of view, he'd rather pleasure himself to someone who's not showing as much. And then you can work your way up to showing more and raise your prices when you do. Wow. Okay. I do have a, like, I do, I did open my Tinder and my Bumble and I have it set on everyone. Well, on Bumble, I kind of switch. You have to be able to switch between dating and BFF. But for the dating forum, I have it on women. And then for um, the Tinder side, I have it on everybody because I just put up a couple provocative pictures of myself in bikinis. And then I have I have a slutty podcast in my bio. Here's my Instagram. So that's like my very simple form of marketing. Um, and, it, you know, it's working at small numbers. Uh, and he's completely fine with it. And that well, let, let me interrupt and ask you this for Tinder. A, do you worry about your safety because it is location based? And B, do you have any advice for people who want to promote on dating sites? I hadn't really thought too much about that. Uh, my podcast is so new that it's under like 2000 listeners. And so, you know, it's slowly I slowly want to work that way up, but I have added smaller measures of, I guess, privacy and security to what I do um, because, and let me think. So I changed my name or I use my name on my podcast, um, but my personal Instagram, I just have like a different name that I use. And although I like my, uh, my podcast's post on Instagram with my personal page, you know, people can find out whatever they fuck, whatever the fuck they want to find out. But I just do small things where it makes it a little bit more time consuming to do so. And that goes along with, you know, everything else as well. So basically, and just from what I've heard, if you are advertising like 
sugar baby services on an app. Obviously, you shouldn't advertise that. You should just pretend like you are there to date and kind of get them off the app to disclose that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I haven't ever used Tinder for sugar baby things. I've closed my account or I've just like deactivated it on the sugar baby side. Um, Mine is just the small step in like podcast promotion. And if anything, they'll like contact me through my Instagram on the podcast if they follow it and go through that way. But there really hasn't been any messages I've responded to because of course, Tinder, thirsty guys, whorish pics, like they're going to want something. Don't they all? <laughs> Tell everyone where to find you. And I want all the slutchpreneurs listening to support my new humble whore of a friend. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. Like today has been super fulfilling. I've been waiting, you know, the couple weeks uh, for us to both have like our opportunity to talk to one another and each other's listeners. You guys can find me on a humble whore on Instagram and also on Spotify and Apple, the same name, humble whore, um, all streaming devices. And you can hear um, Anna's portion on a humble whore as well. It'll come out in a few weeks. Thanks again for being on the Sludgepreneur podcast. I hope all you sluts are inspired and we'll see you on the next episode.